You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? I am doing okay. Yeah, yeah, you're just uh, recovering from COVID, aren't you? I am, and it was a rough one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, welcome to the club, uh, yep. myself. Yeah, and of course you got it from a family member, just like I did. Wasn't, yep. wasn't your wasn't your fault? It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Someone in our family that did it. Um, but yep. So at least you're back. Uh, so that's good. Uh, we push foot phone as the. This uh, episode, uh, coincidentally, because I couldn't have done it anyway, uh, I found out, but um, on the day we, we were scheduled, and you weren't going to be able to make it because of your illness, and then uh, it was just coincidence that pushing it back actually uh, allowed you to join us, so uh, welcome yeah. to the show. I'm glad I didn't have to miss it. Indeed. And in this, uh, uh, what's how they call this, uh, province, province, province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, everyone, it's Sean. Hope you're doing well. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Uh, it's, it was an interesting weekend and stuff, so looking forward to a happy week ahead. Oh, jeez. You didn't even tell us offline what happened, so I won't even ask. <laughs> oh, just, no, sure. no, it was just, it was just uh, crazy, you know, just crazy weekend or whatever, so. Fair enough. I've got, I've got a trip coming up this this upcoming weekend, so. Is it a yeah. convention or anything like that? Uh, no, it's uh, AEW, the wrestling company, is doing a Canadian tour for the first time. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they're coming to Edmonton, here in Edmonton, on Wednesday night. And then me and my friend Gord and my friend Corey are driving to Regina on the Saturday for the Saturday show because uh, we get to see CM Punk and uh, Samoa Joe fight. Oh, that's cool. like a big thing for the wrestling fans. So it's going to be a, a long day, but it'll be fun. I'm actually doing something like that, too, the 26th and 27th of this month. Uh, 26th, I'm going to Vermont to see Lola Kirk in concert. Oh, and nice. then Yeah, and then the next day I'm seeing her again, again. In, in New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah, nice. I'm, bringing my, I'm bringing my kids and my father-in-law uh, on, in the New Hampshire one. Yeah, so. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, this will be kind of cool because the, the shows, uh, at least where uh, the Vermont one is, uh, are always very small. So I'll, I'll be able to talk to her and she'll, she'll remember me the, when I show up the next night uh, with the kids and, and the father-in-law. So it'll be kind of funny. Um <laughs> And, and I'll probably be the only person that has a Lola Kirk shirt on. Uh, so, yeah. So, who Lola Kirk is, Lola Kirk is the daughter of the drummer from Bad Company, and she's also an actress. Uh, she actually was in a movie called AWOL that uh, we, me and Barrett, uh, reviewed a couple of uh, years ago uh, on this podcast here. And uh, she, uh, the director actually noticed 
uh, noticed it and was very happy with our episode. Uh, yeah, it so. was one of the, our better reviewed uh, films for uh, LGBTQ nice. month. Yeah, yeah, I, I still think it's my favorite of of all the all the uh, LGBTQ LGBTQ whatever um, um, lesbian outhouse films that we've done, which is four per month for the past like four or five years or something. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that was my favorite of them all. It's definitely uh, in the top for me. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's pretty close. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I liked it more for its uh, discussion on. Um, uh, the 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 white poverty of um of the the characters um, yep. ver- more than 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 the, um the LGBT aspect of the film and uh, the director even liked our review because we brought that up we talked a lot about um, the poverty and 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 whatnot and the forgotten uh, white rural folk in this country and uh, she she was really happy that we we noticed that. Yeah, um, because it was bigger. It was bigger theme than the other themes, so it right, was right. You know, you had to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, too, that's funny about it too is that that because it's a lesbian art house film, it's just marketed as a lesbian art house film, so no one even considers or even thinks about any other things that the director and writer were trying to say. You know, so yep. uh, but we we noticed it, so it was, it was kind of interesting that. Uh, uh, for her, that that we did, and she was very happy. Um, anyway, um, so I'm like you, Sean. I, I I follow people when they come around. I'm going to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would have been to a Taylor Swift concert all three nights if if they weren't a thousand dollars a ticket or whatever it was. Or yeah. the master hadn't messed you up. Yeah. Oh my God. The cure. <laughs> the cure is on tour. If I'd have known they were on tour, I'd have tried to see them. But well, uh, you know, it's funny, dude. This is a, a, this is a here's a horror story. So uh, I got. I signed up for their uh, their thing from Ticketmaster because they were playing right around here and just over the border in Massachusetts. And um, I forgot to log in when the tickets opened up and I had a code. And so I looked oh. at the tickets. And so I, I, yes, I missed it. Yeah, so I'm not going. I've seen them like four or five times, so it's okay if I don't see them. But I do love to see The Cure. They get put on a good show. Almost well, every time I've seen them. So, and like sure, for sure. you, like I haven't like Depeche Mode is doing their Memento Mori tour. Oh yeah, I'd love to see them too. <laughs> and I've never got to see them, but they're coming to Edmonton in November, so I'm really hoping I can get tickets to see them. I hope you can too. I've I've seen them twice. Oh, Maybe it okay. might be three I'm, times, but I'm very they're... jealous of you, then, my friend. <laughs> First time was music pumpkins. for the masses with OMD. Wow, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I had Vibrator. That was a great album. I, I sold it. It was so good, yeah. Violator, not Vibrator. Yeah, Violator. Yeah. I, I, I actually, uh, no, no pun intended for tonight. But, yeah. uh, um, I, I sold it at work when I was uh, like back in the 20 years ago or something. I, I was just getting rid of a bunch of CDs that I had that I, I, just, I didn't have room for, and I, I sold it. And then, of course, um, Years later, you, you just buy it on. Um, yeah, it's just there now. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, got, yeah. you got your yeah. Apple account, and you can listen yeah. to it whenever you want, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I did. I did that with the Cure. I've done that with the Stone, Rolling Stones, yeah. with, with ACDC. Well, and the one yeah, good thing, all my Taylor Swift. But was that? Oh, sorry, go on. That's all. Go on. No, I was just going to say that the one good thing though is that uh, for if you have, if there's a band you haven't been able to see, you could at least pull up one of their concerts, one one of their tours on YouTube. Because I I watched oh, yeah. a bunch of Allison Change shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, actually Taylor Swift was still with them. The, the whole Errors tour. There's there's one. There's a couple 
a full concert from yep. uh, her, her. You know, so they're like three hours and fifteen minute uh, YouTube videos, and and uh, I mean, obviously the quality isn't as good because you know it depends on where they're sitting, but. But I was amazed that it's all there. So you're right. You can you can watch a lot of great sh- shows on YouTube of, of concerts and stuff. That's the truth. It's good stuff. It's a nice feature to have, right? Especially for like you know, like with Allison Chains with Lane Staley passing, right? Being able to go back yep. and actually watch the shows before you. Uh, yeah, I, I've been doing that with uh, I did that with John Denver um, because he's gone, obviously. So so you get yeah. to do that, and um, and then I'm showing my my kids. Old Rolling Stones and who Brian Jones was. Yeah. Because, you know, he's no longer alive with us too. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. It is kind of interesting. But just think, if you could have told yourself our, our earlier or like our younger versions of ourselves, you would have the access to this kind of stuff. Now. I couldn't have even imagined it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, making a podcast. What tells a podcast? All you had was 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 TV channels. You know, I don't even watch TV. I just watch my YouTube podcasts now, you know, or, yeah. or, or news shows or whatever you want to call them. I don't even yeah. know what they call them now. But, yeah, that sounds kind of funny. Well, or, or Rumble. I go to Rumble a lot, too, because some shows have just moved over to Rumble because of uh, issues with YouTube and stuff. But, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. you got a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, and that's the reason how we met, met, as a matter of fact. Well, me and Barrett met through work, but, again, but um, uh, that's how we met you, Sean, was, was through this yep, stuff. 2013, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, so, oh, so, were you saying something else, John? No, I was going to say like it was the the cool thing is that because like we've talked about like with mental health issues and stuff, right? Like July of 2012 is when I had um, had my darkest moment. So to think, you know, if I had not been able to, or if I had not survived, I would never have got the chance to know any of you people, you awesome people, right? Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, we've gotten a couple of emails, especially early on. There was a guy from Quebec, um, somewhere between in the in between Quebec City and Montreal, and uh, he emailed us, and he sent this this email that was really uh, interesting too and very kind, where he said uh, for the talk discussions podcast that how we helped him uh, through the day during his dark times and stuff too. So. And, and I didn't know what to respond, you know. It's like, I mean, it's, but, but yeah, it was, uh, yes, it's uh, interesting how uh, um, stuff works like that. It's kind of interesting. Anyway. Great. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, who are Halloween Batiste Psychotronic Review? Uh, basically, we're a podcast. So what we do here is just an audio podcast. We don't do YouTube or Rumble or anything like that. Uh, but what we do here is we talk about uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, foreign language films, art house films, uh, drive-in theater, and the like, basically talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, but with that stated, Barrett always gives a, a good summation of, of what the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is on the Dark Discussions News Network. And, and, and what, 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 what is it specifically besides what I just mentioned? We are all things that Dark Discussions is not, basically. I mean, we do we do things that Dark Discussions might have done, uh, but either chose not to, um, you know, we kind of have a quorum there, so if somebody doesn't want to watch a particular thing, it might hit the, you know, dust bowl. <laughs> so we, we take it on sometimes on, on this channel. 
Um, we do all sorts of other things too. Um, our interests are so varied. We'll interview directors. Uh, we interview writers. Um, we read books and do reviews of books. We did the stand. Um, we, in fact, we did a really cool thing with the stand. We did the stand book. We did the original miniseries and the new miniseries um, reviews, which was a really fun endeavor. Um, I, I haven't enjoyed myself quite that much. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we do a book again because it's a, it's a fun process that I really enjoy. Yeah, um, we, we did, we did, we did, uh, uh, and I can't, we always forget it, but, but we did, uh, HP Lovecraft, uh, A Whisper in the Dark. Remember that? Oh, that's right. That, yeah. That was an awesome episode. Yeah. We, we, we should do another one of those little mini novels of like a hundred pages and talk about it. Uh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Cause it's quicker to go through than say a novel. Um, Especially the stand of over a thousand yeah. pages. Yeah, <laughs> did you guys ever, yeah. like I know the the one side cast had done uh, the mist, but it would be fun for us to do the mist. Oh it yeah, be, it would be point. cool to do the mist, the story. And yeah, we never do did the story. The, show, yeah. the, the yeah. story and the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it would be and cool it's only to a compare. novella, right? So it's small. So yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good. That point. should be an October one, Phil. Think about that yeah. for October. Yeah. Put that yeah, right that there. Yeah, yeah. I've also also always wanted to do the Great God Panned by uh, Arthur Makem. Um, and mm. it's, it's really good. It, it, H.P. Lovecraft said it was like one of his favorite stories, and it makes him one of his favorite authors. So it is a really good story. It's awesome. So, so I was thinking that too. But yeah, the Mist—that's a good idea because the book ha- has some interesting characters that aren't in the movie that yep. were really awesome. And and, and then the have, movie is not... even darker than the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 which I yeah, find interesting. Which is very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what's funny too is that uh, the the book actually talks about uh, the Howard Johnsons that used to be right off ninety five. Uh, not too far from where I live, and and that's where the, the, <laughs> book, the book ends. And it's like, oh my god, I remember that. Much. Yeah, and they still have that rest area there. That's pretty but, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, t- the whole thing takes that the whole like last. 20 pages, I think, takes place in New Hampshire, and it's kind of funny here. So. Well, back on track. Anyway, that's what our channel does. We do all sorts of different things, so we're very varied in interests, and you can pretty much find anything on this channel. That's right. That's right. And, uh, well, actually, we have a dark discussions at AOL.com email. Uh, just write H HB P HB P-R, and add the initials of this podcast in the, the subject, and then we'll know uh, that it's for this podcast, because that's the generic email for, for the network, and uh, we'll read your emails on the podcast, so if you have uh, opinions on us, or our topics, or a topic that you would be interested in, uh, we just mentioned, you know, reading... Um, Novella, and then um, I may have said novella, but I, I screw up words all the time. But uh, novella um, that we're interested in possibly reading as an episode. If you have an idea of a, a, a story that's, uh, you know, like 120 pages or shorter, that would be worthy to talk about for a good episode length. Um, you could email us that too. Um, and your thoughts on any movie that we're, we're discussing, uh, your opinions of what we said and, and if you've seen the film and things. So uh, send us there. 
uh, your emails to darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Uh, Sean, uh, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com, the website for the you network can, and this podcast? And you can also find the link for Patreon, which is where you can support different creators and uh, take the Patreon link to Patreon. Uh, where you can financially support uh, any amount that you would be provide, able to provide if you are is greatly appreciated. A dollar a month makes a difference because the podcast is released free, but there's a ton of expenses behind the scenes that Phil is usually responsible for. So uh, anything that you can financially provide is uh, very much appreciated. Uh, for every $5 that you donate each month, you can actually pick a movie that goes into a draw every quarter, and then whichever movie is drawn at that point can either be done as a review on the Dark Discussion main feed or one of the sister podcasts, depending where it falls genre-wise. Uh, again, any support you can provide is appreciated. If you don't have the financial uh, wherewithal, you can just, by sharing our podcasts on social media, uh, by giving positive reviews on the platforms that require reviews, that stuff helps as well. Like any of that is appreciated and just your listening of course is very much appreciated. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we do, we greatly appreciate, uh, any support. Uh, we did have a, like a $355 and 99 cent bill a couple of days ago, uh, to re up, um, the website fee, um, through GoDaddy and such. So, so anything that, uh, can put us at least in the, uh, if not in the black, uh, zero uh, can, is uh, very helpful. So anything anybody would like to donate, that would be great. And again, um, we're willing to uh, do an episode uh, randomly. We pick, and we're going to be picking another one uh, this Thursday when we do our Dark Discussions podcast. But um, I'm going to start possibly uh, making uh, exceptions where people, if they donate, um, they get to, uh, to choose a movie, and we may do like a Patreon monthly. So even though we do four, yeah, even though we do four or five episodes a month on films, usually newer horror films and thrillers and stuff, um, just to to get more financial support. Since we are a nonprofit, we don't uh, look well. We would look for sponsors, but we're not actively looking for yeah. sponsors, and we also. Um, uh, aren't funded much by all our listeners because we, we know there's a lot of you folks out there because of the numbers that we get um, and, and whatnot. But uh, to maybe prompt some people to be a little more generous, uh, maybe maybe do uh, one episode out of every five as a uh, patron. So, and maybe you uh, could do something too where even you get the person who gets their movie chosen to come on even just quickly to talk about why they like their movie or something. That would be kind of neat too, right, for those people who Yeah, know. yeah, that's actually a good thing. Because, uh, you know, to have someone as a, as a guest host, uh, some people may be obviously shy, but, but if, if they would like to be a guest host for a specific episode, um, especially if it's a, their own pick, um, that could be an option as well. Um, so that's a, that's a really good idea. Um, Sean, because I know some other podcasts back when I first listened to podcasts back in the 2013 and 14, I, some podcasts were doing that. Uh, where if you donate money, we'll not only do a film, but you can be the co-host for that episode. And um, that was kind of a cool idea. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into that. I'm hoping to maybe maybe uh, work something out like that uh, within the next couple of weeks to, to 
set it up as a um, thing to say each episode that we record so people will uh, uh, know it's uh, available and uh, active. It's an active thing. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Um, That's pretty much the house cleaning except for one other thing. Uh, Today is July 3rd. 2023, so the evening before Independence Day or 4th of July in the United States, so uh, happy holidays uh, for folks. Uh, We're going to release this episode almost immediately. It'll either actually come out on Independence Day, but more likely maybe Wednesday because we just released a cinema a la carte episode uh, on the the network, and uh, we usually let that run for a couple of days before we try to release a, another episode of any of our podcasts that we do. Um, so maybe maybe two days. Uh, so we'll probably release this on Wednesday. Uh, now, uh, Barrett, uh, what is this episode all about? Because, because, again, it's supposed to be, it's not June anymore, but, you know, things, life happened, vacations, like you, you were ill for a little bit. Uh, I was on vacation for a bit. Uh, but but what what do we usually do in June, the month of June and what what's going on with that? Barrett. Well, it is um, <clears throat> typically uh, June is LGBTQ plus month, um, and we as a podcast do um, lesbian art house films. We watch one every week and we review them and put them out there for people to listen to. Indeed, indeed. And so this is uh, the last one that we're wrapping up. We were supposed to do it um, last. If, if if there wasn't things in the way, like vacations and illnesses and whatnot, uh, we would have done this on Monday the 26th of June. Uh, but I, I was away um, in uh, Pennsylvania for vacation at Hershey Park. And then um, on Friday, uh, we had some issues where, where Barrett was sick and stuff, too, and, and whatnot. So so we, we moved it into uh, July 3rd. Uh, so even though it's a July release, most likely the 5th, um, it's it's part of the, the four uh, June uh, art house lesbian films that we do for the, for the Pride Month uh, and whatnot. So I think that's all the house cleaning. So, uh, Barrett, well, what is tonight's episode entitled and and whatnot. Tonight's episode is entitled Anatomy of a Love Scene. Um, It is directed by Marina Rice Bader, uh, also written by Marina Rice Bader, and stars Sharon Hinnendale, Jill Evan, and Constance Brenneman. All right, so uh, let's listen to the trailer. Bring some action into it, ladies. (laughs) Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Action. Love is so interesting, you know. I I think that that 80% of what exists between two people is sort of put on. Can you guys handle the rest? I got it. I really have to check on Zoe. I'm feeling very angsty. And everything else in between is what's real. How's my girl? Good. Remember to be yourself today. That's all you need to worry about. Professional Zoe. And idealization or anger or whatever it is. And it's the thing in between. That thing that is just absolutely inherent. That is the truth. Let's get ready to go for a take. 
Roll sound. Roll camera. Eight. Set. And action. All right, so anatomy of a love scene, uh, spelled S-E-E-N, like scene, seeing someone, uh, rather than a movie scene, uh, so it's a play on words, um, is a film uh, from 2014. Uh, as Barrett mentioned, Marina Rice Bader uh, wrote and directed it, uh, stars uh, Sharon Hinnendale, Jill Evan, Constance Brenneman, and uh, Marina Rice Bader actually has a large part as well. Uh, the film uh, generally is getting uh, favorable reviews uh, from the handful of folks that have uh, reviewed it. Uh, a number of uh, L- uh, lesbian um, websites slash magazines, um, and I put quotes around magazine because I, I don't know if they're um, online magazines or or copy uh because again uh, a lot of copy or, or hard you know paper uh magazines have disappeared in, in the days of the internet uh but uh they've all liked it um and uh it's actually was like the fourth film choice that we had and not because it wasn't a film we wanted to do uh but uh, we had a number of other films that we were looking at but unfortunately uh sean up in Alberta, Canada, was in, unable to see some of these films because they actually weren't available, which is kind of interesting because they're <laughs> Northern available. provinces. <laughs> well, well, I, 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 it could be that, that Canada is, is a backwards nation, maybe. I don't, I don't yeah. know. But Northern but, provinces, province. That tells yeah. you everything you need to know. It's like the Wild West out there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe Western that. province. Yeah, there, there's a reason Western. why my father... My father's family left that country, I guess. But but either way, um, we we had to throw out a bunch of films, and, and then we finally found one that uh, Sean was able to uh, watch. And again, this had nothing to do with whether this is a good film or not. We'll discuss that in a moment. But um, I don't think we make that choice before we watch them anyway, right? We no, don't decide no, no. if it's good or bad. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. I mean, most of the films, <laughs> most a lot of the films, I should say, not most, but a lot of the films. Um, we go in blind a lot too. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a handful we we hadn't like like I had seen Disobedience and Allure prior to this year, but uh, early, earlier films that we've done uh, like that Iranian film and and stuff. I mean, in the in the Lithuanian film and the French film. I mean, I I went in blind when I I suggested them. So so this is just another example of a film that. I went in blind. Oh, even that Japanese film went in blind. So, well, uh, and none of the films we've chosen for this have turned out to be bad, like Skinamarink on our horror area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For exactly. example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've lucked out um, uh, that most of these films have been uh, watchable. Whether they would be interesting for everybody is is debatable because I know Sean um you 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 had some issues with the Japanese film but um <laughs> all in all they were all still uh well done films and and uh we haven't had a true lemon um so tonight's film anatomy of a love scene um is very uh small film in the sense that um there's only a handful of, of characters and actors and uh a few sets and that's it uh here's that marina rice Bader has some note um, as a director. Uh, she's done a lot of films, uh, many um, related to lesbian themes. Um, and this one here was actually available on Amazon Prime for free, uh, both in the United States and Canada. 
I watched uh, it on Tubi. Oh, you, you watched it on what? Tubi? On Tubi, because it wasn't oh, okay. available anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, it could be on Tubi in the States, I don't know, but, but at least it was on in Europe. Uh, in Canada. <laughs> yeah, but but they didn't have it on Amazon Prime, which is kind of interesting. No, there was yeah. just, there was the only one that it came up on was Tubi, so. Yeah, well, you guys are Tubi helps. It's good. Thank you, Tubi. Yeah, yeah, Tubi is actually a pretty good website. I mean, uh, not website, but channel, or whatever you want to call it. Streamer. Um, so... Um, we, I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Barrett. Um, I had never heard of this film um, and what I think of it. I thought it was uh, – I'm not sure what the word I would use – delightful <laughs> um, yet sad film. Um, it was Bittersweet. Yeah, bittersweet. It was, you know, a lot of sadness. Um, it's, you can feel the budget. It kind of had the feel of, you know, those kind of, um, productions where they try to get as many actors in a movie as they can. And it's like a holiday, you know, like New Year's Day or whatever. It had that kind of feel to me. I don't know why in just a weird way. Um, but it, you know, is better than that type of film. Um, generally I thought it was a good film. Um, it, it's sad. Um, I don't know that I would want to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite as enduring for me as that, but it was worth watching once for sure. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, I, uh, never heard of this film either. Uh, I have heard of some of Marina Rice Bader's other films, uh, the director slash writer, because uh, uh, as we've chosen films in the past five years, a lot of her films popped up, uh, though none of them have been chosen for an episode of this podcast yet until this one. Um, and then this one um, was readily available, as, as we stated, where all three of us could watch it without um, – being stuck and having to drop out of the episode because it wasn't available. Um, also, Sharon uh, Hinnendale uh, did the remake of Embrace of a Vampire, and oh. um, I thought that was actually a pretty a pretty good film, uh, kind of a, a sleeper, even though um, it kind of went came and went back in 2014, the same year this film came out. Um, and so I had known of her, uh, the lead actress, uh, the blonde woman, and um, she um, uh, kind of has faded out. The, the, she she was huge in the sense that she did a lot of films in 2014 that were semi-high profile uh, and ind- some independents uh, and whatnot, but but generally were, were noted, uh, and then she just kind of disappeared uh, for some reason, even though there is one IMDb credit for her uh, of a film that uh, is in post-production from a couple of years ago. Uh, so, yeah, she, she may have uh, disappeared. Uh, I thought she was going to be a breakout-type actress, but uh, maybe she decided to move on to something else. Um, so my thoughts on the film. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting film because uh, it's definitely similar to last week's episode of the podcast in the sense that we have the... the the quote-unquote male gaze a lot in this film, but through it's it's not really the male gaze; it's it's the the lesbian gaze, I guess, because it's, it's obviously these films were are specifically for um, 
um, lesbian audiences, especially if they were reviewed by lesbian uh, websites and magazines. Um, so it has has that. Uh, so if you're into uh, nudity, sex scenes, and uh, or just a fan of grindhouse films, for that matter. Um, it has that um, now, now, but the film is more than that because it's uh, talks about um, relationships and issues and stuff so too. So, as uh, Barrett, you, you mentioned, it's it's somewhat of a, a sad film in a sense too. Um, and I think some of the, the sites that that have reviewed it. Uh, Curve, which is a lesbian site, they wrote, Anatomy of a Love Scene is a powerful and poignant film. This movie will send you on an emotional roller coaster, but it's worth every moment. Um, and then uh, after Ellen, another lesbian website, said, As a director, Rice Bader has an eye for composition and creates quite a few beautiful shots throughout the film. Um, and I would concur with both of those. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, so yeah, would I watch it again? Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, it's not a film that I would say, "Oh, I must go watch it again." Right. Uh, even 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 though um, the nudity is, is pretty pretty impressive. Um, but it, it's uh, definitely worth a one-time watch for sure. Uh, if you're into dramas and and whatnot. Um, so I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a pretty good film. Um, and we'll discuss where we feel that it falls into compared to all the other movies that we reviewed maybe this month plus since the beginning of, of doing this themed month uh, as we discussed the film. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good film. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. So I had not heard of this movie before. I would like to say thank you, Phil, for all the time you spent trying to find a movie that I can watch with you guys. <laughs> I know that was a lot of extra effort on your part, so thank you. Uh, I thought it was a good movie, uh, very, as you know, Baird had said, sad, very bittersweet. Uh, I thought it was shot very well. You can tell it's on a smaller budget, and that's fine. You work with what you've got. Uh, I would just say that I probably would not watch it again, but I would say it is worth at least watching once. All right. So, anything else, Sean? Nope, that's good for me. All right, sounds good. All right, so uh, an of a love scene. Uh, once again, it came out July 18th, 2014. It's about an 80-minute uh, film, and um, that's pretty much all I got. So, Barrett, uh, uh, do we have a wiki for this? Yes. Uh, wiki, wiki, wiki. Two young actresses fall in love with each other while filming a lesbian love scene, then break up months later, and then are forced to reunite in order to reshoot the love scene for the movie's distribution. That is right. not an easy sentence, and it is very no. long. <laughs> yeah, I think that should have been cut into a couple sentences, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's not just the distribution. It's, it's for the television rights. You know, because right, they, and and it's actually yeah. not, but we can get into that. Right, later. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was that was a, a interesting "quote unquote" twist that we'll, we'll talk about and, and, and whatnot. But um, but yeah, that pretty much sums it up. So basically, uh, two actresses um, film uh, a TV movie or, or, or a film movie. I mean, a, a movie that's going out to the theaters, um, and during their love scene as lesbians, um, they actually fall in love so we're and we're assuming 
the, 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 at least this is, is not a twist, which is good, which is they were most likely lesbians in the first place, so it wasn't like, ooh, they suddenly found out that they were really uh, uh, lesbian, and, and now they found each other. <laughs> so, you know, so, so they were lesbians in the first place. They were doing the role. Uh, they found uh, hot and heavy, became a couple, broke up for a reason, uh, and then were brought back to film uh, a, the scene again, specifically the, the nude and sex scenes again, so uh, they could um, have a TV cut uh, for the TV distributions, whether it's um, um, Life, the, uh, you know, the whatever whatever channel that would, would pick up a, a movie like this that uh, wouldn't have nudity and sex scene in it. Um, so that, that's pretty much the summation so the story plot, and, and I think that's good, even though, um, uh, like you said, Barrett, it was a, it was a long IMDb compared to some of our others. Um, and I don't think that's spoiling anything really either. Uh, even though if you did go in blind, you, you wouldn't know really much what the film's about. And so technically you're getting something based off of that, but I, I don't think... Well, and the movie is more based on the emotional impact of a lot of this than it is. Yeah. I mean, the storyline is pretty simple. Yeah. Get down to it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right. So uh, what do we do here on the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast? Well, basically the Psychotronic, uh, the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast is we basically uh, review the film, but we don't just do that. We critique and dissect the film. So, uh, you know, we, we give our reviews, which we kind of just did. Um, but then we're going to throw up a spoiler alert very soon from now. And then we're going to discuss everything and anything related to the film because we try to critique and dissect what the director, the screenwriter, the producers were trying to say, uh, maybe the original writer, if this was based on a, on a novel, what, what, what they're trying to say. So we talk about specifics. We talk about twists. We talk about uh, aspects that would be hidden behind a spoiler wall. So we'll throw that spoiler wall up soon. But before we do that, uh, we generally talk about uh, general things that so we could talk just about how this film falls within the lesbian hardhouse film. Uh, we could talk about just uh, you know anything that's that's generic that wouldn't spoil the film as well. And so we'll, we'll get into that soon uh, or to start, I should say. Uh, so yeah, all right. So let's begin. Um, so we're in the non we're in the non spoiler section. So uh, where where do we want to talk about this? Uh, I guess. Let's just talk about it this month. Uh, out of the four films, where would this fall, do you think? Anyone? I would say in the in the more bottom area, just because we've seen some good films this this um, time. Um, so our first film and our last film, I kind of put closer to the bottom, and I like this one more than the first film because obvious reasons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't think definitely. I need to go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you like Grindhouse films, both of them have what you want, but I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. The, the characters uh, from the, the, fir- the character, the main character from the first film, Allure, which was the Evan Rachel Wood film that we did, was pretty despicable, so it was kind of hard to get on board with that. So I, I can see how that... And this is just more standard fare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's almost, yeah. it's almost soft core... If I use those words, I know it doesn't sound right, but it's like it's just a more vanilla. Let's put it that way. Well, it yeah, has, yeah. It has good heart, but it's more vanilla. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting feeling because it has the, the softcore aspect of it because it, even though there's only like the beginning and the end to have the softcore, but, but it's enough to get noticed from a, a crowd. But then the rest of it is is kind of like soap opera or or lifetime movie without yeah. if, if it wasn't a lesbian film if it was a man and a woman instead so i see what you're saying that and so it's not uh even though it has a lot to say in, in about relationships in general uh it it's it isn't like as impactful or as an important film to say disobedience or or uh the art house flair of of uh, nude area, so I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I think I, I would rate them exactly the same way you did, which is disobedience, nude area, this film here, and yep. I'm your love scene, and then exactly and then the lore. order I put them in. I'm yeah. not sure, yeah. Sean. What do you think, Sean? What do you think? Sean? Uh, well, good night, everybody. You said everything I need to say. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I would say for me, disobedience was the mo- the one I liked the most. And it's not disparaging the other films, but I enjoyed it just overall. It was much more enjoyable for me. Uh, your rating of how you put them in position for uh, what we watched, yeah, I'd pretty much agree with it. I would, there isn't much that I could argue against it. So, um, But I'm grateful that we, you know, we've got a chance to watch. And as I say, I really did like Disobedience. So I'm glad that yeah, we did yeah. have that as in our, one of the, the choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, disobedience is, is um, uh, even though n- neither of you had heard of the film uh, prior to uh, uh, it being a choice on this podcast, um, it was a pretty big film, and, and uh, um, I had some note, and it, it makes sense that everybody here would, would think that was the best of the bunch of for, for at least twenty twenty three this this year yeah. that we, that we've done done this Pride Month uh, lesbian art house film theme. Um, now, uh, what else? Uh, generally, uh, what else do you want to talk about that's generic to the topic or this film or whatnot that uh, wouldn't be spoilerly? Anything that anybody wanted to bring up? Well, I want to bring up that I think the director, with what they probably had for budget and everything, did a really amazing job. Um, it, it felt like a you know a well-produced movie, um, and you know I'm sure it didn't have like the disobedience budget. For example, and all these actors, I thought did a really good job. I wasn't really, you know, let down by any of the actor acting in it. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point too. Um, I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, sometimes um, a film um, is noted because of the, the the stars, the people who, who star in the film. But um, the thing that that really makes the film. Um, even if you have a great director um, and and an editor, um, you can find some some really good unknowns or art house film type actors and actresses, and and they can pr- create a pretty good product uh, no matter the budget. And so I yeah. would concur with you on that, Barrett. Uh, Sean, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, now, uh, let's see, what, anything else that, you, what about you, Sean? you have anything that you wanted to bring up that was generic? That wouldn't be a spoiler. Mm, nothing that's generic, really, not for this one, at least. Sure, sure. Cinematography-wise, uh, there's really nothing to say. I mean, it's a person, person's in a building. So. It's almost <laughs> a one-room 
show, right? Yeah, and yeah. and it's not only is it persons in a building, it's persons in a building making a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's even worse. You can't really go, hey, this cinematography, this was great. It's the best I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that that um, similar to what what they said. And uh, from uh, one of those websites that reviewed the film that I, I wrote, wrote the, read the quote from, uh, creates a, f- a few beautiful shots throughout the film, and yes. I think, oh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of that may actually be because of the, the uh, also, um, and not to sound like we're trying to objectify anybody, but um, the, the actresses are a pretty, are pretty stunning. Uh, woman, um, and and so when they they do the scene, um, they're filming the scene. The film, in other words, if this was not a film about a film, the scenes that they do are the type of uh, fantastic um, cinema that you would see in some they of these. Were. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah, yeah, like like those oh those Playboy videos from the years gone by that that. Um, that that you would you would be able to see or, or or other other types of films like that that are kind of art house nude nudie films and stuff it it had that flair that that made it um, really well uh, produced very that way. very tender they were very yeah. tender scenes where you could feel the emotion between the two actresses and it's funny because they're actresses acting as actresses in a movie. So it's almost a it, little meta. So Yeah, it is a little meta and it's it's interesting in that respect. So Yeah, yeah that is true. That is true. Uh so so yeah, I, I, I would I would uh say that uh, for a low budget film meaning no big action set pieces or anything like that, uh the cinematography and editing um and, and the cut takes that they decided to use uh, we're all all uh, pretty spot on uh, for 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 this film. Um, anything else, Barrett? That you that you had? No, I think we've right. we've hit all the areas that I can think of for this particular movie. Because of the yeah. All right, so that's good. So so um, I guess at this point, then we can throw up the spoiler alert. Um, and we'll do that. So at this point, we're going to talk about anything and everything related to the film, including twists, specific scenes, the ending, uh, and whatnot. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about it uh, both as uh, a, a a real film, meaning you know it's a drama, art house, and whatever. But you know we'll, we'll t- t- discuss some of the other aspects too, such as the the. Um, and I, I put quotes around it, the grindhouse aspects as well, uh, because again, um, people who listen to this podcast know that, that we talk about all sorts of genres and may be interested in, in a film uh, for different reasons, um, whether whether they're into it because of uh, the, the crazy midnight movies or if they're art house or if they're straight horror slasher or whatever. We we, we talk about pretty much everything here, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll discuss all the aspects that. This film could fit into, besides a lesbian art house film. Um, all right, so the spoiler is up. Uh, we talk about everything and anything. So uh, let's see. Um, where do we want to start? So the, the film basically starts with uh, the original filming of the love scene, right? Uh, in the in the in other words, the, the film is being is is being produced and and it's going to be released to theaters and so there's a big love scene in the film and that's how the film starts right so we're, it's almost like a flashback or or, or yeah. 
pre-rest of the film, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and this is where you said, Barrett, kind of soft core, I guess. Um, yeah, just and, very loving, these two women looking into each other's eyes. Um, completely naked. <laughs> yeah, completely, yes, completely yeah. naked, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's on set uh, because of film and with the film. And um, the two actresses uh, that are cast are Zoe Peterson, uh, played by Sharon Hinnendale, and then um, my Ford, played by Jill Evan. Uh, Cara Voss is uh, the director, uh, which is actually played by the real director of the film, Marina Rice Bader. And then Anne Pasternak um, is, play, is plays Constance Benjamin, and uh, Constance uh, appears to be uh, the the producer or or the the person that that does all the business deals. Um, yeah, the film producer specifically says it here. I just read it. So, so the, those those are the four main characters of the film. Um, she almost seemed like a wellness person on the set, making yes. sure everybody was okay and all that. Yeah, she's definitely a crunchy feely type because she's into like mysticism. And when I say mysticism, you know, like like hailing rocks or or, or incense. You know, she's that type of person. I would say where she is more than just. Making sure you know you're okay. Is everything all right? Yeah. She she's really into like uh, spiritual type stuff as well. I did like having that character. She, I thought she did a nice job. It was nice to see a character like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was actually kind of funny because after there, the, basically, basically the scene when they come back to do the film for the television cut. Uh, she, she actually just lay, lays, uh, jumps on the bed and lays back, and they they they, they hang, play with her in a sense. Uh, the director and the cameraman and stuff. It was kind of funny. So she gets it. She she's trying to keep the, the everything like mellow and relaxed. And she's very much like the morale person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's very positive in a sense, but she also. It's surprising because at certain points in the scene, the film, out of nowhere, she becomes suddenly very um, like a fist pound to your table type person, um, but but not a dink. No, you know? right, never a dink. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I may have liked her character the best of the bunch, um, even if she was a little, uh, I guess. To, uh, I mean, I'll put quotes on around it because I don't want to sound rude, but a little flaky with her her healing mysticism, spiritualism. Um, even with that, I, I still think I liked her character uh, probably the best out of the the bunch. Um, and oddly, she was the most uninvolved yet involved. Also, <laughs> that you and, and, be. She, and she's the most honest too. I think out of yes, everybody, she is the most honest of everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, her character was pretty awesome. Um, for for a number of reasons, um, and then um, what happens is after the 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 filming of the the theater cut of the film, we have a montage of the two women um filming each other through home movies, um and stuff where you find out they're a couple now. Uh, Zoe and my are couple that live together. And uh seem fairly happy um and whatnot. Um and then we jump ahead 
about what six months or something? I don't, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, six months. Yeah, I think it's yeah. six months. Yeah. 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 And um, they're called back to film the TV version of the film because uh, the film's going to get distribution uh, for television, and obviously they can't have the nude scene slash sex scene, so they want to just have like a bed scene where the two are talking or something, which would uh, not screw up the the, the ratings. Uh, yeah, it, well, the rating or the flow of of the story, because if you, if you just cut that whole scene out, it's like what happens, you know. So so if they have something where they just go in bed talking or something, or or hugging or whatever, it's it, it, it's enough. It can be um, romantic enough to get the point across. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I guess they weren't expecting the film to be picked up, or they weren't expecting to to put it out on network television. Um, yeah, and that's the reason why they didn't have a TV cut. And again, in the modern era, there there isn't really a TV cut made anymore. Back back in the seventies and sixties, they used to do it all the time, and even in the eighties, where they would film um, extra scenes for TV cuts. Um, because they knew it was going to go to the movie of the week on ABC, CBS, NBC, or whatnot, at least in the United States. And, um, of course, as, as we get into the 90s and the 2000s and whatnot, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. So maybe they weren't expecting it to make it to network television, uh, and we're only expecting it to go to, like, an HBO or something. So they had well, to I think I think now also they have easier times of cutting things because – if I look at, like, Waterworld, like, Waterworld was a 90s movie, but there's a TV cut for sure. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're right. In the 90s, it started to go away because they have better technology in the late 90s, early 2000s to be able to take out what they need to take out and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then it was also the rise of the streamers, too, right? Right, exactly. Yep. All yeah. of it coincided, so you just don't, they don't waste their time anymore. Because right, even exactly. look how much has changed between 2014 and now. Because that movie was 2014, right? So yeah, they yeah nine exactly. years ago. Yeah, yeah. crazy nine years ago. Yeah, and and the thing too is funny too is that you would think it would be more apt for them to film because it's all digital now, so it doesn't cost anything. Versus film stock back in the day, where each each you know film reel cost money, and if you screwed yeah. it up. You have to throw it out, and you have to start over here. You just delete. You just press the delete button, and it causes nothing. Yeah. Or, so, or yeah, or now they just sell it to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. don't have to pay for the actors anymore. Yeah, that's true. They do that too. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Disney's doing right now, right? They're getting rid of a lot of their films. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that at Cloverfield, the last Cloverfield film, which I, I didn't like too much. Um, was sold it wasn't to, very good. No, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, they sold, it was sold to Netflix because uh, they didn't. They decided it wasn't worth releasing at theaters. Um, yeah. Is that Netflix, what the Max is doing too now with yep. the WB buying out? Is there, they don't want to hold on to a lot of the shows because they don't want to pay the storage for it. So, well, if they're streaming it, then they have to pay the actors. They have to pay the writers. And they that's have the to other thing. That's everybody. part of the yeah. the, the uh, strike that's going on, right? With the writers, it hasn't it's it's part of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. going to be part uh, as we yeah. go forward. Everything is going to be affected by this because we as consumers are affected by it. Because I go into a channel thinking that I'm going to have certain properties. I go to Disney yes. because they're going to have all the Star Wars, all the Marvel. When they start selling those things and getting them off their network just to save money, 
I'm not going to like them so much anymore. Right. So, it defeats the purpose, right? Right. Well, well, right. And, and and all these, yeah, because all these contracts are, are interesting because it's by, uh, like clicks or or watches or or whatever versus just you know you get paid and you're done, right? You know, yep. you know, it's a little a little different. Some of these these type of things because they're more contract rather than salary type stuff. So, yeah, it can it can get complicated and all that, save money and so forth. Um. So yeah, they get called back in, uh, Zoe and May, and Zoe gets there first, and we get a kind of interesting thing that she says when they he, she says she doesn't think May is going to show, and we just kind of start learning pretty quick that whatever we saw in that montage from the last six months uh, didn't end too well, basically. No. Yeah, exactly. You just get this really bad feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that was a uh, uh, a big a big thing that we learned pretty quick uh, that their whatever relationship they had that seemed pretty fun or, or happy uh, must have uh, ended, and maybe not in a good way. Or if it even if it didn't end in a horrible way, it was enough that maybe one or the other didn't really want to see the other anymore. Well, um, you got to think of how like awkward that would be, right? Right. Yeah. Especially gotta, if you didn't have a good ending, and now yeah. you have to go and I mean, yes, you're this is your job, you act, but I mean, part of the acting is pulling into your emotions and and such. And I can't imagine having that situation would be very fun. And I mean, you got to think there's got to be movies that this is, or something similar has happened, right? Where a couple was together and then had a bad split, but then have to you know work together again. Right, right, yeah, because it, 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 well, it this is be even worse yeah. though, because it's the scene where they fell in love, yeah, in real life, right. and now they have to react it for a TV version. It's got to be the most impossible thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point because we're not talking about, um, uh, like say Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where they met and they dumped. Their spouses and, and fell in love and married them each other, and then they were called back after they broke up to do that film, right? I mean, right, yeah. yeah. It, you know, it, it's a little different um, in this case because, like you said, it's not just going back to the film that they met, but also the, the specific scene that that uh, turned them on to each other, I guess, um, in more than just being buddies. So. To refilm that scene, that could be possibly a little emotional, especially if the relationship ended in a bad way. Yeah. Which, from what we feel, is the case. Is, is, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of trepidation on everybody's parts, like tiptoeing around and being as careful as possible. So right, I don't know right. if we want to speak about the twist yet. Oh, uh, I don't yeah, know I mean, we're in, about the twist. We're, we're in the spoiler, so, I mean, anything can go. It doesn't matter. We're, and we're not going scene by scene. Yeah. We, we can just talk specifics. So you, there was something you wanted to bring up specifically related to that twist, I guess? Yeah, so I don't know how I feel about the manipulative aspect that the director had. Yeah. Want, you know, director in the, the director, the director in, in the, the film. In the, sh- in the film. I know how I felt about it, and I will say once you're done talking oh, yeah, about I, it. I will tell Yeah, I had my thoughts. I, I just felt it was very unpleasant, skeezy level. 
whether there was a good intention or not behind what she was doing, it felt wrong. It just felt wrong. All right. Um, Barry, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? I know. Um, I felt I, I can see why you feel that way, but I think it came from a place of caring. Um, and, you know, sometimes we make big mistakes when we care yeah. about people. So that's, that's why I didn't feel skeevy about it, because I really think she was well-intentioned. Um, she saw this as their greatest love ever, and when do you have that? When do you get that? And the director person, she felt like she hadn't found it, which is interesting because we later on see yeah, that she's not else. seeing. Yeah, she's not seeing what's right in front of her eyes. So I thought she's too focused on the other couple. That's exactly right. So that made it le- less skeezy for me too because I felt both those things about it. So go ahead, Phil. Yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I didn't have any pro. I mean, I didn't think it was skeezy either. Uh, it is manipulative for sure. So I agree with you there, Sean. Yes. But it was, but it was in, I, I think, a hopeful way, even if it wasn't her right to do so. So I don't think yeah. she was being uh, nefarious and malevolent. Yeah, it wasn't a uh, malicious you know, situation. Yeah, malicious. Right, right. But, but um, I will say, it, it felt phony the whole thing, and I'll tell you why because. Uh, two one, reasons. The first is is that we didn't learn, we didn't get enough buildup of her, meaning the director, uh, relationships with the two actresses. So we, I never, it didn't feel to me that they were they were great friends. It didn't um, feel earned, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So, so for her to have, know a lot about their, I guess their personal life. Uh, they should have built that into this movie somewhere, so we knew that they were friends, or they could have had a phone call of one, like, "Oh, how are you doing?" or something, and whatever, you know, or, or what, you know. So it was like it, it just came out of nowhere. So I, I, I felt that made it kind of phony. And then I was this, trying to figure. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, and and the only other thing I was going to say it was the number two thing, which is uh, to to set that up. Um. And have all these people come in to film it when there was no TV distribution. It was a lie. Kind of. Yeah. Was, that could be I, illegal, actually, because there's unions yeah. involved. And well, and even if they get paid, which then then the union won't complain because you get paid, you get paid. Right. But, but who's paying the money? Yes. You know right. that was the quick thing I was going to point out. Is like, did the director really spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars? It Just seems like it. In love? Like it yeah. seems like it. That's what that's what I got out of that because that's the only way it could have happened. Those people yeah. wouldn't have yeah. right, done right. it. Right, because you, yeah, because you have all the camera people, the lighting people, the makeup people, the, the wardrobe people, catering, on and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and, and so they have to bring all those people in, and then the producers there, the director, and then the two actresses are getting paid again and then suddenly you find out that oh it was uh i'm still gonna probably pay you all but there is no tv movie and so who's paying for for it is the director taking it from her own wallet which okay but i'm thinking that those people like the regular workers probably don't get like this is going to be syndicated or whatever, so they get contract money. You know what I mean? Like they get a they get a payment for doing the what they're doing. Whereas right, the actresses, right? Pay. I think the director's doing that, but where the actresses come in 
they get part of the money if it goes on to TV. So the fact that they're being lied to, it becomes right, which not only are you messing with the actresses, you're messing with their managers because they get a proportion of the money that comes from that. So there's a lot involved there. So I think that's where it got a little more complicated. (laughs) Right, right. So I I get where the writer slash director, which is – is the, the same person, and I'm talking about the real writer and director, not the, yeah. the one yeah, in yeah. the movie, not the one in the movie, even though the one in the movie is actually played by that woman. Um, I get where she's going, where there's true love and whatnot, and she wants love to win, but it, it just it just seemed too contrived how she did it. I, yeah, you know? I get I get what she's doing there, and I can accept it. Um, it's you know, it is a path to what she was trying to do. Sure, sure. Um, now, now it is an interesting thing. Um, what she she talks about because again, she's trying to say she's in her eyes, the just director. She saw these two women madly in love, and based off of uh, what we can assume, she's friends with both of them pretty well. Even though we, I, I didn't felt it was earned, like you said. But well, she either way, she she was good friends with both of them, and she saw that this was real. Um, and I was rewatching Mystic River, uh, the Clint Eastwood film. Of, oh, of, uh, God, so depressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there's a scene where the two cops, Bacon and, and Barsh, uh, well, what tells this guy? Not, uh, Bacon and uh, the guy from The Matrix. What's his name? Uh, the back guy. I don't remember what those Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, thank you. So Bacon and Lawrence Fishburne go visit uh, the boy of the girl that got killed. And they, he, the boy's crying his eyes out. And this is late in the film. And the boy says, I miss her so much. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever feel that again. She was my best friend and all that crap. And Kevin Bacon says, oh, and then the boy says, will I ever feel that again? And Kevin Bacon says, uh, you're lucky if you ever feel it once in your entire life. <laughs> and Very happy. Well, and, and, and he has a point. There's a lot he of has people, a very good point. You know, he yeah. Does. Yeah, because, it's just, because it's very depressing. Yeah, because right, for folks who do get married, you know, and, and I mean, youngs, where you can actually have still have kids and all this other stuff, um, not including adoption. I'm just talking about the standard birth and all that stuff. So I don't need any hate mail. Um, you only have a certain amount of time because you know you know you you get out of high school at eighteen, you know you get out of trade school or college at at twenty or twenty two. You may go to master's degree, you may go to further education, and whatnot. And nowadays, you know uh, how money is compared to back in the day, where you could make a good living um, when you were eighteen or twenty, just without uh, highly skilled jobs. That's gone nowadays. So a lot of people are forced to. Um, uh, have families later, and since they're going to have families later, they're apt to uh, not get married until later because of that. And so, let's say you, you start really finding someone at, at, at thirty or something. Now, if you, if, if you screw that up or it's the wrong person, you're suddenly thirty-two, and then you have to start <laughs> over again. And then you you date for a while, and then you know, and then again, you know, you 
you waste a year, you know, in between trying to find someone, and then you finally find someone else. And if that fails, you, you're down 37, and, you yeah. know, and on and on. And you see what before I'm you so, have babies, all of a sudden it's you're in your 40s, or you're thinking about it in your 40s, and you're either going to say yes, like Phil, or no, like me, or you just think about it too long and it's too late. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and so, so I think what Bacon was saying in that film, the Mystic River film, was is a lot of people marry but it isn't necessarily their best friend or or someone that makes them feel like this kid did in, in the mystic river because you know that the, the chance of that is is so limited because you know you only have so many years and and you know you just don't know so it's it's lucky if you get that and i think what this film to compare it to mystic river in, in that scene anyway is this director sees what Kevin Bacon saw in the kid in Mystic River, which is here's these two people who found each other, and they may have messed it up, but in her eyes, this is real, and in her eyes, she doesn't want them to to, to uh, just give up on something that was worth saving, I guess. She is in love with love scene. She saw yes. them fall in love. She right. talks about it like, I know when you fell in love. We all saw it. So everyone saw it that was there. Um, so, yeah, she can't give up on that because if she does, then isn't she giving up on herself? Yes. At least that's yeah. how she feels in that respect, right? Right. Yeah, that's – this isn't how I feel. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. No. <laughs> right, right. It, it makes you think, though, about the – like what you're saying, Phil, about the idea that, like, people – I don't know if it's even, like uh, – you change my word or not, but like this, where you don't, you settle for less than what you were wanting or hoping for. Right, right, right. And, and I think and that's we're what both of these films are talking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? we are. We're ta we're taught to do that because as opposed to pursuing what makes you happy, you know, and sometimes yes. your path changes, right? Yep. And it doesn't right, mean right. the people involved are bad, but we change. No one stays the same. Are you right. the same person you were even a year ago? I'm not. Right? right, and it's—I right. mean—it's hard to expect people to grow and move the same direction, right? Right, right, so right. Especially, especially if that person isn't the person that the director in this film yeah. and Kevin Bacon are talking about in Mystic yeah. River, right? Because it's not that the the person they're talking about is the type that will grow with you, versus yeah. the person that you find that you guys may suddenly take a different path and it's like, uh-oh, but we're already and, together. And I honestly think that applies to even friends in your life, you know? It does, yep. It's one of those things where you, you know, you it's hard to find really good friends and it's hard to find people that you can really relate to. Um, so you don't want to give up what you do find that is good, you know? And it's right. to cherish that more if you do, right? Yeah. Right, right. right. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody agrees that, to that. Now, the problem is in this film, unlike Mystic River, in this film here, we have someone that may be a little damaged. Well, they're, bo uh, they're, they're both. They're, they're both a little damaged. damaged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. think the director and the the blonde woman are damaged. They just no, producer, know producer, producer and yeah, director. the producer and director. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they're damaged, but the two main actresses are in some ways damaged, which 
makes it harder for them to make a, a strong relationship. They just have to work through whatever their issues are. Though. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, will they be able to heal together? And and sometimes you can't, right? Yeah, so, I mean, for sure. You, you, you hope that the ending is that they, they will have a happy ending, but there's also the uh, the chance that, I mean, some people try to get back together, right? But there's just so much stuff that you, you're not able to. Like, it, it can't be a loss. Some, like, it's how they talk about sometimes some people are for a season, some people are for life. But yeah. it's learning to differentiate who are the people there for the season and who is going to be there for the long term. Because you mix those up, it tends to have bad results, right? Right. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good way to, to knowing who to trust and who not is. I mean, that's yeah. part of it, right? I mean, and it's a learning experience, right? Like, yeah. Well, and sometimes that learning causes you to not trust when you should. So, and, or vice versa, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And your personal demons can can yep. sometimes hold you back. Both again, and snake, trauma and experience, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, you, now you're going to add to that before I interject it there, Sean. Well, no, I was just going to say, so, I mean, I think it's good. And you could even say with even with the producer and the director, the producer's been with her for 15 years or something, right? Harboring her love for her and not being heard or seen in that regard, right? Like, how long of, do, do you wait for someone to finally see your worth, right? Well, and, and, and see, this is another stupid thing about people in general is they play – stupid games and they win stupid prizes and this is the case here because if that woman the producer has been there for 15 years and she likes the director more than just as a friend isn't her her, if, if the director is clueless or doesn't see it isn't it the obligation of the producer to make a move or or say something that that says, hey, you know, uh, I like you a different way. You want to go out for coffee, and we can talk. But about this it is the something. thing where people, all people, are different in how they approach things, right? Like some are shy. Yeah, <laughs> some are shy. Some are very and awkward. And, and then they, uh, either way, no matter what it is, they're their worst own enemy, right? Yeah. Because she's there for fifteen freaking years, and she doesn't make a move once. Just instead, she flirts, or she, you know, she jumps on the bed. And and everybody's laughing, you know, and she does some provocative moves to just be funny. But yeah. everybody thinks she's just trying to be funny. But, but also she's trying to flirt, real right, funny. right, right. But but all she has to do is come right out and say, you know, but because she can't do it for, like you said, Sean, whatever her personality quirk is that can't allow her to just say, hey, then then she's her worst own enemy, right? And she only does it in this film at the end. After 15 freaking years, I mean, you know, so people that just worst or worst own enemy, you know. Yeah, but you, you but know, I mean, you can't yeah. control your worst. No, <laughs> enemy. And <that's> a, <laughs> right. And the thing is, again, it's like again because we all have different paths and experiences or trauma or whatever, right? What yeah. may be easy to some person and is not to another, right? And you can have all kinds of reasons of why that would be. Like where you would think, well, this why didn't you just say something? But then if you say something and you risk everything, that's that's a real big gamble, right? But but you know though, and in this fifteen year period, 
the director could have gone off and, and met somebody and said, there, and, and, then, no, been, and then there'd be big regret. That's just how yeah. it hurts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, so I'm saying, I, 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 anybody who's listened to this podcast, don't yeah. let the regrets happen. Do make the move. It's worth just having it all over as a failure because then you know that. Uh, at least you tried, and you'll never be haunted by it. So don't. The point is, bet on like, yourself, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like the movie Rounders, where where yep. um, where where uh, Matt Damon's Matt character Damon. says, yeah, he says he says, I I I don't just ante up. I, I I stay. I put in the whole pot. I'm you know I'm not. I don't walk away. You know, and and you can't. You, and he's smart. He's the smart because if he if he fucks it up. At least he'll know 20 years from now that, you know what, the girl just didn't like me. Or There's not a what if, right? Yeah, there is. Right. Or or you find out the, the what if could have been the positive thing you wanted, and you know it would after you look back, but it's too late. I have a perfect example of that. When I was young. In my in my teens, I saw a girl at a dance place. You know, it was one of those younger kids' dance places where you could go, and I was like, man, she's hot. I want to ask her out. She didn't go to my school. I went to a totally different school. But I knew someone that went there. They gave me their um, yearbook so I could look her picture up, found out what her name was, and I called all the names in the yellow pages until <laughs> I found her house. And I the white asked, pages. Yeah, white pages. I asked her out. And she went out with me. It didn't turn into anything, but damn, did I do it. <laughs> we stayed you, friends for a while. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but, I, I thought, you know, just, you got to believe That's an experience that you have, right? And, I mean, yeah. there's some people who, for whatever reason, aren't able to do that. And, I mean, you think of how many people live their lives in regrets. Right. Right? Because they I mean, didn't try they, that. They did not reach out. I think the point of what this movie was trying to, or at least what I was thinking the movie was trying to get across, is that, again, like, bet on yourself. Don't wait. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right? And, I mean, it's scary, but it's like any change is scary. Right? <laughs> There's no change that you have that is ever, like, no, none of it. Free, right? None of it feels great. I mean, even if you're getting a new job and you're going from a job you're you hate, nervous for that, right? You're still nervous because you don't know what you're going to run into. It could be a worse situation, you know. So, <laughs> and yeah, moving right. or anything like that, right? There's yep. always the the right. chance that won't work. But but but, but it, there's a lot of things that if I could interject on is is that a lot of times you know it's going to work, but. You just, you just, like you said, you're too shy or or whatever, and you just fuck it up. You right. Know? You, you know? try it and you do screw it up. <laughs> or, 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 or you don't try hard enough or 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 whatever. It, I don't know. It's, it's just unfortunate that, that people are the worst known enemies. It really is. Well, I mean, and again, you can go back to, like, this is the system makes you that way, right? Because the um, whole point – Like, if you, if you think about it in the sense that, like – People, you're supposed to conform to be accepted, right? But there's, but we're all individuals, right? And so the the idea of you don't want to step outside of the comfort zone because you may be looked down on, you may be made fun of, you may be what you know the stuff that you can carry. For, like I'm, you know, talking thinking about like being bullied as a kid, right? That stuff sticks with you. And it, it, it affects how you uh, respond to things down the road. 
where yes, there are other people who are, you know, will take a chance. They don't, they're, they're not, you know, they understand there's a risk, but they're willing to do it anyways. But then there's other people like they overthink things, right? Because that's what was taught to them. Well, well, yeah, it could be that it's taught to them or it's, they just think it's the right decision, even though they look back and they know it's the wrong decision. Well, and that's the thing is, right? You know, yeah, go on. So, but so as I just think it's interesting though, that it makes you kind of has that kind of aspect to it where it's like, makes you think about that. Right. And I mean, I'm just like, I know we're all doing our own healing journeys and stuff along the way in this process, but I know even looking back for, even for myself, like I can say that I am not the same person I was a year ago. It doesn't mean I'm not me it just means that i've had different experiences that i can look on things and different perspectives now that before i would have just thought were cliche or that doesn't apply to me or whatever right and that's the part of that growth aspect is that if, if you can have that healing and growth in whatever way you need it that gives you a better chance to then take the chances because you you believe in yourself right right yeah yeah, yeah and, I mean, and I, that's half the battle, right? Right, right. And and this film here is is showing a couple of aspects in two stories. Um, one of them is blatantly out there. Yeah. Um, which is the two actresses, and then we learn what happened in their past that caused them to break up, I guess. And then the other one is more vague. And yeah. It, it, it's actually surprising because I had no idea uh, I, when when the director found out the producer actually had the hearts for her was probably the first moment I actually found that out too. Because um, even though maybe I was a little slow because maybe you guys kind of knew, but I, I didn't get that um, until, in other words, in other words, the, the second secondary plot, which is the producer having the hearts for the director um, felt a little forced to me because it didn't, I didn't even know the, the woman was lesbian, the, the producer, until that moment. Does that make sense? What did you guys? Well, I think if that? you look back at it, it makes sense of why she tries so hard, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Make it, to me, it, that's, it explains like so the the choices and how she carries herself. That explains some of it. Right. Right. But I get your point too. Is like if you don't feel that it wasn't enough invested, right? And just having it thrown at the end, you know, just swerving for the swerve's sake is is not always the best thing, right? Well, there was a point where I was wondering if they were going to insert the producer with <coughs> with <coughs> with Mal. Um, yeah, right. They were my, that, my, yeah. my that whole conversation. And it just felt like it was going towards something romantic for a minute there, and I'm glad they didn't go there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just didn't even know, notice that she would – the producer was going to be a lesbian person. Um, it just it just didn't, didn't occur to me until – she basically announced that she's a lesbian at the end. Um, when she, <laughs> when she kisses when, her, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when she, yeah, when, when she hits hits on the, the director and whatever, yeah. So, I, so yeah, so uh, that that was kind of surprising as well. Um, now let, let's talk about my and Zoe because we haven't really talked about them yet and what happened. So, 
because um, they, they they drag it out a while. Yeah, they do. Before we figure out why they're, they're not together anymore. Um, so they refilm the scene finally after Zoe has some uh, um, hyperventilating hyperventilating attack and, and a couple other uh, moments of, of um, I guess, uh, emotions. And uh, they do the scene finally, and it's really just, you know, them in bed and, and they hug and, and, and stuff. And cut, done. And it, it makes sense because, okay, that's perfect. That would, that would be fine for TV. Um, so they go back to the... the the makeup room, and they they get in a, a fight, uh, Zoe and Mai, and this is where we find out what actually happens. Um, yeah. And basically, it, Mai left Zoe high and dry without any explanation, and Zoe was heartbroken, and it. Their argument begins when Zoe says basically that. Um, why did you leave me? I deserve answers. And then they you... both didn't feel that they were being heard by the other. And yep. then I thought there was a, the, the point, too, where they were having the fight later on, where um, Zoe says the thing about her mouth or my being like her mom. Yeah. Just like your mom. And just and it's it, I thought it was good placement because it reminded me or made me think about. There's a lot of times that you're with the person you care about, and if you're frustrated or upset, you say things the that are thing terrible. Yeah. Right. And like, there's only so many times you can ha- like it's things you can say that kind of thing before you can't just apologize for it anymore, right? Right, and I was right. and I was thinking for a moment is like is it a situation where they're two good people, but they just shouldn't be together because being together isn't healthy for either of them. That's true too. That's true too. And and also, um, yeah, I used to uh, have a, have a good buddy of mine that I was great friends with, and he used to get pissed at me. That I never told him anything uh, private because you know he would tell me private stuff, and the reason I didn't was because he burned me once when I told right. him something private, and he burned me, and I was like, "Ooh, what a fucker!" And 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 it wasn't just him; it was just everybody now, and and so it's like I'm a pri- kind of a private person usually, um, and so I don't tell people anything because then they can use it against you later. Um, and that's what kind of what Zoe did here, where basically we learned that Mai's mom was a dink, or at least a dink in her perspective. Because, again, you know, we, we're just hearing one side of the story. Maybe she was a, a rebel and it was a dink to her own mother, and the mother just was angry. Exactly. You know, yep. So we don't know. But what, let's just say the mother was a dink, because th- that's the perspective we have. And um, Zoe says you're just like your mother. And that obviously hurt really bad. And and obviously, Mai had told Zoe about her relationship with her mother when yeah. they were dating because they were together. They were considered each other the, the most special person. You know, they're, they're family in a sense because they're they're living together. They're, they're dating, whatever. And you tell people sometimes that stuff. And you don't expect it ever to be used against you. Now, if you break up, 
with somebody, it could happen. And even if yeah. if it's even if it's not someone you're dating, even if it's your mother or your father, your brother or your sister, your or your daughter or or, or son, you know. You, well, you it could be valid. It could be a reason to talk about something that they need to talk about. But how do you deliver the message, right, is part of the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, thing, oh. yeah, go on. No, go, please go. So I was going to say, because the, the, the thing is, you get the idea that the reason that Mai had the drug issues is because of whatever bad stuff had happened between her and her mom? Yep. I don't know. I don't, she, I don't know. I mean, but, some people use that. As an excuse, and I don't mean, but I mean there's some that, people to disrespect people, though, right? Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. But but there's also people that just like partying too, right? And and then they yeah. get addicted and they fuck up, you know. So there's just some addictive personalities that easily. That's true too. But, yeah, I, but I, yeah. in this case, and then again, this is just my perspective. But in my perspective, it was it seemed like her drug stuff was yep. because of whatever trauma and stuff she had with her mom, and so to have the person you care about, yeah use that against you is pretty it's pretty terrible and then when you talk about when she says like i i left you because i could see you already pulling away right and, and that was and a valid really, argument you, you know they needed to talk that one through I and that's that the problem is that they did not talk to each other right like they right. were yeah, they just so, one of them. Yeah, just left basically, right? So, and and whether they will do this in the future or not, we'll see. Like maybe I think there's a better understanding at the end of the film for them, so that hopefully they will approach it that way for for themselves and for each other. But it just it was interesting just how that interplay was because it wasn't just like oh we're back together everything's fine right. It right. felt more realistic in the sense that. You have people who shared something, didn't work out, there's hurt feelings. Those feelings don't disappear, <laughs> right? right? Right. You can learn to heal and talk and grow through them, but if you don't, what happens? They just it build festers. up. It festers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem is that, is that Zoe was being a dink because she kept on interrupting and, and I kept on saying, do you want me to tell you you're asking me for now, answers? I'm, I'm going to tell you the answers. But that's, that's fair, Phil, except that she did leave with no warning. And that's what I was about to say. That, that, that's, yeah. what, that's what I was about to say. So, okay. so Zoe <laughs> being a dink, there's two reactions she could have, angry or, or melancholy. And yeah. she, and at, at this point, since it's been a few months, probably because we don't know how long they've been broken up, but it's been, been stewing, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so all those feelings are together: angry and melancholy. So, when she finally gets to confront Mai, she is very angry, yeah. and, and and she's right, like you said, Barrett. She's she, she's right. Unfortunately, being right. Doesn't, doesn't mean doesn't, doesn't that, fix anything, <laughs> right? Right. And I think that's where it's, you show that both of them made mistakes and choices that weren't good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand the reasoning behind them. Not saying that they're right or good, but I understand yeah. in the situation. Again, when you're in the middle of the, th the the trauma and stuff happening, you don't have the time to sit there and. Take a minute, take a breath, let's come back to this. You usually don't, right? Because if everything's happening in the moment, 
and you don't have time to sit back and analyze and say, well, I, you know, I'd like to approach this differently now. Right. Right. And, like, I think that's, and when you're arguing, you get upset and you say things that you really ne- don't necessarily mean. I know people like to say, oh, but it's really how you feel. But no, yeah. sometimes you just say things out of anger because you're pissed. You don't necessarily really feel those things, and you say them anyway, and then it becomes a different problem. <laughs> right. But, but, but I, I want to say that um, Zoe asking deserved an answer, at least at that point, I feel, because we're, we're talking about a month or two, so it's not like my had any reason to have to think it over so I can give you the response that is appropriate. In other words, she wasn't letting her answer, though. That was the problem. Right, yeah, that was the problem. Yeah, that's true, too. Is that she was so, again, it's one of those things where, like, when you're having the discussion and it gets start, starts getting heated or whatever, you're still waiting to say what you're going to say. You're not always listening to what the other person is saying. Yeah. And that's kind of felt what, what it was like was happening and like my was getting then frustrated because then well if you want me to answer let me answer right you may not like the answer and that's fine but let me answer the question that you're you're asking as opposed to just cutting me off and assuming what i'm going to say right right but no matter what uh zoe is not going to like the answer and also They shouldn't have been at this situation in the first place. She, meaning my, should have given Zoe the reason she was leaving and not just... Oh, before she left, yeah. She right, should have yeah. tried yeah. to talk. But, I mean, this is the thing is, is that you get someone trenched in or ensconced in your situation, right? You're not yeah. thinking how you should. I mean, if anything else, the one thing I would say from, from for their relationship, they need to get therapy. Oh, individual yeah. therapy and couple therapy so that they can learn to communicate positively for themselves and for each other, right? Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I mean, sometimes people can do it themselves. But it's but rare. It's really rare, especially depending when you have so much unboxed trauma. Yeah, it like, will... And the biggest indicator is that she just left without working on it. I saw you pulling away is a way that of blaming the other per- is it's a way of blaming the other person and not putting any responsibility on yep. yourself. Um, that's a really good point, yeah. Yeah, so they definitely need coping strategies and things like that so that they can Yeah. Communicate because they're better. basically two hurt people who are then hurting each other because of the stuff that's happened before. Right, and then they just right. get into this vicious circle of creating. More. And then, yeah, and it's just it's terrible for both of them. So, so I, I um, like the fact though that they had them have that kind of those kind of interactions because it this feels much more like how real life is with people's relationships. Right. Right. Yep. right. And so yeah. I thought approaching okay. it that way made a lot more sense, and I felt like it was much more believable that you're going to have it. Like, you can heal from these things, but that's going to take a lot of work. It takes work. Right? Yeah. yeah. It takes work. Well, and, and, and it's, it's unfortunate, too, that, like you said, that, yeah, maybe they're, they're damaged enough that they need the help. They can't do it themselves, which, um, because you would hope 
they would be able to. I mean, it, maybe it doesn't even matter because they they're, they broke up, and and when that happens, one person may just say, you know, one person may be devastated, and the other person may just want to avoid the subject all the same. Yeah. But also, so, so tactically, once you you're parted, it doesn't matter unless, and and it's not like they were being friends anymore because they weren't even talking. But the thing is, is if they supposedly cared for each other, they should have been talking. But the problem is, is like you said, Sean, is is they're, they're just damaged goods. So if they're damaged goods, maybe they're not going to be able to fix any relationship between them, whether it's just being buddies or lovers again, because yeah. they are, or, or it may just be, like you said, they're, they're just too toxic for each other. And the thing is, is maybe they need to go through this situation, even if it doesn't work out for them specifically as as their couple, but maybe they can learn enough so that when they go to their next relationship, you're not carrying all of that stuff with you. Like we, we all have a past, right? None of us who is here in this moment can say they have no past or history. And that, that stuff affects how you make your decisions, whether you think, whether they're instinctual or conscious decisions, right? But the thing is, is that if you keep going relationship to relationship to relationship and not ever addressing anything that's part of the problems within your heart or mind or whatever, then you're just going to keep repeating the cycle because there's, the, there's nothing to change it. So the right. hope is, is that they they find a way to break the cycle, get whatever help it is that they need for individually and together, and whether it works out for them or not, at least go into the next relationship less damaged, less um, in fight-or-flight mode with your next person. Well, and I always yeah. think about how they, you know, people say that, relationships are hard work, blah, blah, blah. I think if they're, if you work together well and you do learn those coping mechanisms, they're not hard work because you understand each other. And, no, and the thing is you're working together. You're not working at odds against each other. Right, all the you're working time. as a team. And so I don't think a relationship, if it's work, then you guys should be talking about communication skills. What do you need to do to make it, that way you know what i mean so and again there's just some people who just aren't meant to be together right yes. no matter how good or wonderful whatever they are they're just not meant to be together and it doesn't make well, no matter, well, it, no matter it, how real their love is Sorry, and, 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 well and maybe maybe uh the director in the movie the the the, the character is completely wrong it isn't real love it was it was yeah. love in a sense but it wasn't the everlasting type you know, yeah. I mean, so, I mean you know, the director's banking on something that she wants to believe or needs to believe, right, right for herself, right? right? So in a way, she's selfishly using them, and I'm I'm not saying she's bad, but it's yeah, I know you this thing, right? But she's selfishly using them to find her kind of hope or meaning to things, and that, and then that is a dangerous place to be in, right? Well, and isn't it interesting that we never find out really what's going to happen in the end? Are these no. two destined to be together forever? And is the director destined to be with that 
that producer. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's really interesting. Like, it's good. It's good that it's left open and it's up to you to decide, which again, is yeah. like we've talked about. What before. do you think of true love? Yeah. I think that's the whole point of the movie is what is your idea of true love? Would you push two people together that you think are supposed to be together? And is that selfish in its own right? Yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I don't even know if, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 well, the, the producer and the director is a different thing because again, it, it's still just one way love. So who knows? And, and the second one, the, uh, the two girls at the end, I don't think they're going to get back together. And I, I don't, they, I don't know. They do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. It, I don't think it's wise, but but I don't think they will because again, their relationship was only like three to four months anyway. So it wasn't like it was like some long term thing that together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my so, heart, I wanted to see them stay together. So sure. you know, that's how I watched it. But um, yeah, I mean, I can see them not being together, and it maybe not being a good idea for them to be together. Well, um, that's what I was looking at it as a thing, a situation of like. I don't know if I want them to get together again because even just some of those reactions are toxic reactions between each other, right? right? And yep. those aren't good things, right? Now, and then if you don't deal with them, communicate with each other, or get help or whatever, like that's not going to get better. It's just going to get worse, right? Right, right. And so that's why I'm like, you know, in a way, I hope you know if they could go and get the help they need and take care of each other and communicate and do the stuff that you hope they can do, then yes. But if it's well, better for them... To isn't that what movies always show, though? Like, they don't... Yeah. They're not going to go to a counselor and get help. No, it's right. just like, they're right. going to stay in love now and because everything works out right. for better. Right. Well, and, and, and even even that, it's like, it, at least the film didn't have them get back together. Yeah, right? I know. It left it right. open-ended and yeah. that's good. Yeah, because, again, it's like... It's like it may have just been a three to four month thing, and one was just way too damaged, and and uh, and the other one was more invested in the other one or something. I don't know. I, I just don't know what, what the deal was. Maybe maybe they were perfect for each other. It's just that that uh, one's one's flaky, and the other one was a miscommunicator. You know who knows? Yep. But I don't know. It's just a a strange thing where. Where at least this film didn't didn't go where they are. Uh, we're going to counseling or or whatever. Because again, it's like someone. Even, right, no matter how passionate and loved they were supposedly were, because again, we're only taking the word of the director. And I mean, everybody's been in love for three to four months, and it didn't work out, and they were bummed. three to four minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> so it, would would people spend uh, uh, go counseling just for? A three to four months relationship. Well, not um, saying for that, but even mm-hmm. for themselves. Though I think this is the thing that people it, would hopefully look into, right? Is if you've got stuff like this, the burying it in the the garden and hoping it never comes back. Well, well, it doesn't but, but, work. But 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 again, though, this is this is like twenty four year olds. You know, these two girls or woman, I should say, if to, to be politically correct. But people know what I'm talking about. Um, young. So no, no hate. They're young. No hate. They're young. No so hate. they're not going to no have the same male. wisdom, right? Well, well, right. And, and I'm not even talking about the wisdom. I'm just talking about if you're 24, you still have hundreds of options. So 
you know, I, this was this, this yeah, girl but then you're just repeating. Up. That's the thing of repeating the cycle. Though, I, right? I, I, it, I I don't I don't know. I mean I mean I I don't think maybe so, you're God. supposed to repeat the cycle at that age. I don't and, know. And, and and who says they're going to repeat the cycle? Because again, I I don't know. It doesn't. It, I don't care I'm what. Just my, I don't care what my. That's all I don't care what so. my says. No, but yeah. I'm saying I don't care what my says. I think Zoe was all set. It, it, but my eye was just fucked up. I, I can understand why you said they're both damaged, but I think Zoe pretty much it's more. Knew, yeah, she knew yeah, what she, she knew wanted. what she wanted. She, yes. she knew what was going on. Agreed. She wasn't the one that walked away. And, away. And, and, right, and if and if the other girls thought she was pulling away, I, I mean, we didn't see that in this movie. That could just be her imaginations. So I think Zoe may be fine to be, to move on, and, and even if if. My says no, or or they can't get back together. I don't think Zoe would make the same mistakes again. Well, you know? one other to keep thing to keep in mind too is the other girl had a job somewhere else, yeah. and that was one of the reasons the director started to give up. Right, right. She was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so so Sean, I, I didn't mean anything by saying oh, your no, no, perspective no. is wrong. I'm just trying to say that that. I, maybe my is just way too damaged, and she's and that, and the one that needs you. and yeah, and, and Zoe was just wasting her time. I guess, I other, as I say, I was just from my perspective, my hope was that it would be a situation where they would get the help they needed because that's what I think they yeah. both they have different types of trauma, right, and different experiences. What, what, what is Zoe's trauma? Because I, I didn't, I didn't see it in this film. Well, I, I'm she had that whole easy. breathing issue, yes. right? But, 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 but. That was the mental I, issue. She, she yeah, had. but but I don't I wouldn't call that I wouldn't call that uh, a personal demon. I, I would call that a stress because she's now seeing someone that hurt her and it's it's made her ha- hyperventilate. You know, I, I, I won't I won't use. It names, sounded but, like that happened but, to her more than once, and not necessarily just in this situation. Right, right. But but people are apt to get get um, uh, panic attacks, and that's a normal thing a lot for people that. Aren't related to that relationships exactly, um, so I, I don't. I didn't. But that's that's like I don't Bear think, talked about about coping mechanisms, right? Right, but but I, I don't I don't consider that the same type of damage as what my my. my well, I'm not saying it's the same kind of damage, out. right? I'm just I don't even it's, consider it damage. It's just uh, panic she has we a, don't know how it's a pretty there, serious right? panic attack. <laughs> Yeah, we but don't know I, how she got them, right? That's the thing, because it's not really addressed as to what about her. But my point was just simply is that for people who are damaged, they okay. need to get the help to yeah. find a way to heal. Because the chances of you doing it by yourself are extremely right. small, and. You need to have – sometimes it's okay. I mean, this is another thing where our society needs to change, right, is the idea of how we approach mental health. It's not you being weak, right? Oh, if no, you no, need help, yeah. I, I think we're, we're talking apples and oranges yeah. here because my, yeah. my point is is that I concur everything you're, you're saying and where you're going. Yeah. I just I just think it's my, not Zoe. Yeah, no, and that's – like, as I say, we're just having a discussion, so it's yeah, all yeah, cool. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. I, it's good to hear your perspective. It's good to hear Barrett's perspective, and it's good to share where – because we're all coming from different places, literally. Right. right. <laughs> right. right. But, well, well, but I'm not even – I'm not even talking about where we come from. I'm just talking about looking at these two characters – yeah, Mai is the one that has the bad 
history with her mother, who is. I would say she has the more fragile. Yeah, uh, position and because she's had drug addiction, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was going to bring that up too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Zoe, the only thing we see, at least in my opinion, and I didn't even think it was weird because I've seen people have panic attacks. I've had a panic attack a, cu- a couple of times in my life. Wife, life when when I had a flooding in my basement and I knew I was going to lose ten thousand dollars. I literally had a panic yeah. attack, and, and I I'd have and, one then you know, too. <laughs> you know, so so um, you know, uh, one of our friends on. on our co-host on one of our other podcasts, he's had multiple ones in his past. And and so I didn't even think that was weird. It was just like, oh, that sucks because she's having a panic attack. So I didn't see anything that Zoe showed me that made me feel that she was damaged, except she was melancholy and angry because she got burnt by an ex. And, I, and that's just being burnt by an ex. That's not damage that's 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 just an unfortunate thing that happened so all i'm saying was is that yeah but she may have just chose the wrong person yeah no uh, that's quite possible right i mean based on how they interacted with each other that is not an impossibility right 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 yeah right 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 so so that's all i was talking. I, I, I guess oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. In other words, I was just saying i was I, I was discussing a different point which is i was talking more on my and not yeah Zoe at all, in my perspective of a panic attack, wasn't damage is all. Nope, and that's fair. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, so uh, what else do we want to talk about this part here, or, or any part of the film? Um, because this, this was the big scene, basically, right? Yeah. So, what, I guess let's talk about a little bit of the ending, which is, they, they do a flashback and show their first night together, and that was probably uh, a little bit too get attention for the film, you know, more of a like kind of a soft course. I scene. enjoyed that scene. Yeah, yeah. Well I think every every man <laughs> <laughs> did. That's for sure. Uh, but um um technically it wasn't needed, right? But it they, because we we knew, already knew that they were were girlfriend girlfriend. So um but either way, uh if we, we go where the, the argument went at the end where it is vague and who knows if they'll ever get back together. Um, we, we already kind of talked about it and we all felt that that was a good twist rather than the typical uh, soap opera where they are do get back together. Yeah. Um, yep. So what else did we want to talk about related to this film? Anything? Anyone? I think I'm actually pretty good with it. Like, yeah, I think we covered the biggest parts of it, and yeah. like the the side discussion and whatever. So, um, I mean, it's I think it's a good film. I well, well, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about the, but yeah. the final thoughts when, when we we give our final thoughts. But specific to the the movie itself, um, there's nothing else that you have to really think about. Uh, that nothing was on that your, I can your think list. of right now. Yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Barrett? Do you have anything else? No, I'm the same. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think there were any really other big beats in the film, right? No. no I mean, that was. It was yeah. all about them, you know. Pretty succinct in what it was, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, that's pretty much our review of this film. We got uh, we've recorded for about an hour and fifty minutes. Uh, so we generally usually do about two hours, sometimes a little over. Um, so we don't really have much more to discuss. Now, uh, let me see. Um, 
All right. So let's let's talk about and, and Sean. What 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 where are we going with Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews soon? Well, I think uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version, and Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. So some James Gunn stuff, right? The DC's his DC stuff, right? Yeah, and maybe some conversation about where um, this this is going to lead for the DC expanding universe, um, yeah. whether there is one or not anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting to kind of look at these two new new productions and look at them in light of Zack Snyder's movies and where we yeah, are. Yeah, there's much a different feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's interesting. Feel. Yeah, well, it's interesting too because again, we'll probably talk more about this during those episodes That's of the episode, podcast. Yeah. But, but I, I have a question that I'll bring up during those episodes, basically, which is, do you need a universe or, or a standalone? Fine, you know. And it's so we can talk about that. Yeah, I, I have answers for that that I have. Um, I'll be curious to see what everybody else. Thinks. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it'll be curious. I mean, even the Joker. The one that yeah. uh, uh, Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin. Um, they are actually now having a sequel for that too. And, and again, I think the that musical was version too. <laughs> What's that? It's supposed to be like a musical, isn't it? With Lady Gaga? No, I, I thought she was just playing playing um, uh, Holly Quinn. Not yeah, but I thought they music. were approaching it with like a musical approach to it. Oh no, I've heard. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I thought she was just going to play it as Holly Quinn. No, no, no music except. Yeah, for... it's a it's uh, an upcoming American musical psychological thriller. That's what Todd <laughs> Phillips is doing. Uh, I, 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 I'm not liking that. Yeah, to be honest, I, I had no so, problem with Lady Gaga playing. Yeah, yeah Holly Quinn. I don't like her in other stuff, but yeah, but that, yeah, I don't, I don't want a musical. Uh, but yeah. again, th- th- I this was a musical even, Joker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this that was supposed to be a standalone film, and it's only become uh, a second one because of obviously money, right? I mean, I mean, not not yeah. that it won't be artistic and as good as the first, but um, if it's, if they didn't. They basically it's, talked them into it. They said, you know, we'll give you this. We'll let you do this. We'll let you do the film's so good. We made so much money. We want you to, you know, do another one. But we're it's hard to imagine it being as good as the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first one well, is going to be hard to beat no matter what. But it still could be good or almost as good or even as good. It's just that, you know, it's, gonna, it's hard to, to top something that was already that good. Lightning in a bottle, man. Hard to, yep. hard to get that twice. And yeah, the thing is, you create the expectations next time around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're always going to compare it then to the first one if it if it doesn't live up to it, right? Right, right. Um, and also, we're going to do a couple of slashers um, as well. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, because Kevin mm-hmm. Kevin Letts has already watched them, and and uh, and we've talked about them in the past, Barrett. Uh, and I'll say the titles because they they even though they're they're. Um, not PG thirteen, but uh, don't fuck in the woods one and don't fuck in the woods two. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I want to watch those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Kevin Latz is already on board. To, to, he's one of our our co-hosts that come on every so often, um, and he's already watched them to get ready. Uh, and he's been texting me here and there saying, "When are we going to do them?" I, 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 because we, we were talking about doing the DC stuff and the uh, the don't fuck in the woods two films. 
like three months ago, you know, and, and then everything just got barred down because we did some side podcast of, about uh, The Last of Us, and, and then, of course, June came and stuff. So uh, so we got those coming up uh, as well in this podcast because, again, this podcast isn't just art house lesbian films, but we talk about all sorts of things, as, as we mentioned at the beginning um, and stuff. Um, all right, so let's give our uh, final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Barrett, me, you, uh, co-host Mike, and co-host Eric do the main podcast on the network. What's that all about? Yeah, Dark Discussions. Uh, we mainly talk about horror films. Once in a while, we'll go outside that, like uh, the newest Jurassic World, um, Avatar movie, um, stuff like that. Uh, that's about as far out as we go. So mainly, mainly horror um, and that's pretty much all we talk about. All right, sounds good. Uh, also, uh, was just released uh, Cinema a la Carte, which is another podcast that myself, co-host Eric and co-host Mike do. Uh, basically, it's uh, a handful of films that uh, we want to talk about that aren't necessarily uh, genre-related. They could be, but they're not necessarily, and so each time we record... Uh, one of the co-hosts chooses a film, so Eric will choose one, then Mike, and then me, and then back to Eric and Mike and me, and so on and so forth. And uh, we just released 12 Monkeys uh, today, uh, July 3rd, 2023. Yeah, yeah, that was a Mike choice. Uh, so that one uh, was just released. My choice. We've already recorded four others. Ah, Shut up, Siri. Damn, um, Siri, had to happen once. <laughs> yeah, had to happen once. Uh, and I already mentioned my Taylor Swift reference earlier, so so we're all done with that. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've already recorded four cents. Uh, no, five cents. Uh, so we released Mike's, and then I, then I suggested one, then Mike, then Eric, then Mike. I mean me, and then Mike, uh, Eric again, and then Mike. And, oh yeah, yeah. So, so actually, the next one. Yes, we we have four more in the queue. So that, that four more are coming out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And then Eric just picked one that we're going to record shortly. Uh, and then Sean, uh, we, we, me, you, Barrett, and co-host Mike uh, have recorded three TV show podcasts that uh, have wrapped up in the past uh, twelve months or so. What are those? So yeah, so the most recent one we did was uh, Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a Last of Us podcast. We also then have previously done the Decimation of Dragons for House of the Dragon, uh, Game of Thrones podcast. And then prior to that, we had done a She-Hulk Avenger of the Law uh, for She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. And yeah, yeah. basically, we followed every week, we followed the, each episode and then did a review on it. Indeed, indeed. And uh, both the House of the Dragon and the Last of Us podcast will most likely would be returning. Be returning, yeah. When those two seasons uh, come back. May 24, and, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah. And the She-Hulk, uh, based off of uh, how it was received. We're not sure. Uh, <laughs> we're not thinking they're going to be making a, a season two of that, uh, which is unfortunate uh, because uh, they, they... You like the done, character. They may have done some missteps, yeah. They may have yeah. done some missteps. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't even know... What, when her character will reappear again, if on other TV we'll shows Captain, or movies. The next Captain America movie. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so we'll see there. I'll have to check that one out. Um, all right. So I think that we can give our final thoughts now on this film here. And again, uh, an anatomy of a love scene. S E E N. So uh, let's start with you, Barrett. 
Yeah, I like this film. I thought it was um, very nicely done, uh, well-directed, well-acted, uh, worth seeing once. Uh, I think it's a one-and-done for me. I don't think I would catch it again unless someone I knew really wanted to see it, then I would watch it again. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, it's a pretty good film. Um, it was uh, a film uh, that I had never heard of really before uh, we did it. I had a lot of good stuff that I talked about. Uh, as Barrett mentioned, it was kind of a sad, bittersweet type film. Uh, oddly, it can be related to uh, whether uh, you're a lesbian or not, uh, because, again, it was kind of soap opery and, and that type of uh, plot uh, kind of works. Um, I didn't mention Brokeback Mountain. That's another film that wasn't really soap opery and obviously a much better and high-profile film. Um had the same idea about lost love and things of that nature, even if you weren't um, LGBTQ, uh, you, you could you could get. Um, and so, so that that for that alone, the film has some uh, interesting aspects uh, and made it a pretty good film. Uh, and also, if, if you like Grindhouse or Midnight movies, it has some aspects on that too, which may interest you. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. Yeah, I like the movie, uh, kind of where Barrett is in regards to I probably wouldn't see it again, but I did think it was well done. I thought it was a good story, and I thought uh, how the like the, the actors involved all did a good job. And, uh, yeah, I'm grateful we got to see it. All right, sounds good. So, uh, once again... Um uh, the film was uh, directed by Marina Rice Bader, and she also uh, wrote it. Uh, Star Sharon Hinnendale, Jill Evan, Constance Brenneman, and Marina Rice Bader herself. Um, the film came out July 18, 2014, in North America. Uh, the film is available at least as of July 3, 2023, uh, on Amazon Prime in the United States and in on Tubi in Canada. Uh, for all other um, uh, regions and nations, uh, you'll just have to look up yourself. And when you do look up the film, uh, though you can just look on wherever you're listening this, to this, uh, the title will pop up on your iPhone or your computer or your radio or whatever. Um, it's Anatomy of a Love Scene, where scene is spelled S-E-E-N. Uh, a little play on words there. So that's our wrap-up of our 2023 uh, Pride Month uh, Lesbian Art House Films. So we'll, um, if we're still all here uh, and still have um, the interest to to podcast, which we've been doing now for a good 12 years now, I think. So we'll probably still be here unless the Chinese nuke us. Um, we will uh, be back next June to, to talk about Art House Lesbian Films as well. Uh, so I guess with all that stated, uh, Barrett, why don't you this up? Thanks again for joining us for June Pride Month. Um, check out this last film when you get a chance, and we will see you next year. But don't leave, because we, we got other yeah. uh, we got we lots got other, other stuff. Come back. We got yeah. lots of other stuff, but Pride Month happens again next year. <laughs> Thank you.